In this episode of Call to Marriage, I talk with the American male spouse owner, Elizabeth Smith, about the importance of telling military spouse stories, the ability to have such fruitful conversations from the perspectives of other military spouses, and so much more. Fair warning, guys, there is some puppy noise in the background today, so let's just jump into it. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to Call to Marriage. I am joined today with Elizabeth, who is the owner of the American Male Spouse. And so, Elizabeth, if you just want to introduce yourself, give some background, that'd be great. Sure. Hi. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you. My name is Elizabeth. Like you said, I am an Air Force spouse. I have been a male spouse for, I uh, guess, um, coming up on seven years married. Uh, my husband and I have been together for about 10. And right now we are down in Florida. He's a test pilot. So we've been nice <laughs> all over the place. We've been to, um, let's think, Massachusetts, Texas, North Carolina, Idaho, California, Florida. So it's been an adventure. We've kind of hit all the, all the corners of the country. And We are excited to be here by the beach. It's lots of fun, and we'll see what happens next. You never know, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think that's something the military does really well is keep you on your toes. (laughs) Definitely. That I can appreciate you being all over, though. We're aviation as well, so it's always kind of fun to see the different places that they get to go, but you really have been to almost every single literally every corner of the United States. Yeah, we, we definitely say that, you know, when whenever the time comes that it's time to stop moving, we should have a pretty good idea of where we want to be because we've gotten a really good taste of most of the regions of the country at this point. And we're from um, Indiana, just outside Chicago. So we've got the, mm-hmm. the Midwest box checked as well. So so you'll know 100% what kind of... <laughs> I like to think so. Yeah, we'll see. But in theory, it's a little daunting to think about having that choice. I'll be honest. It's a lot easier mm-hmm. to just, you know, make the best of wherever they tell you to go. But having all that freedom sounds a little scary. So we've got some time to think about it, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely can understand that. My mom was an Air Force, uh, Air Force brat. And even after, you know, being away from the military for so long, and we would move every two years just because mm-hmm. my mom would get a quote unquote itch. Oh, that's funny. Move. Yeah, we wonder <laughs> about that. We, we've said that, like, if we stop moving, are we just gonna like make ourselves keep moving? Because that's what we're used to. And there's mm-hmm. just so much to explore. So I can totally see how that would happen. Yeah, that's what my mom always said. She's like, it's an adventure. You just got to go to a new place. <laughs> and be like, Mom, we just moved though. Right. So, <laughs> so you also, um, you're the owner of the American Mill Spouse. And so I would love for you to sort of talk about that for a little bit and what that project's been. Sure. Yeah. So the American Mill Spouse is a podcast where each week I talk to a different Mill Spouse, probably a lot like what you're doing right now. And mm-hmm. pretty much the inspiration behind that is just wanting to shed light on military spouse stories. I think that the cool thing about, you know, there are a number of different podcasts like us out there. 
everybody kind of has their their area. And I think it's really cool how you kind of cater toward like new spouses, which I think is an awesome resource and something I wish I had had back at, at that time. Um, mm-hmm. It just started for me because having done the mill spouse thing for a handful of years, it's very, very clear what a diverse group we are and how many different personality types, different skills, different experiences we all have. And I've grown to really love as somebody who definitely started this lifestyle as an, I wouldn't say an extreme introvert, but definitely, definitely on that side of things. But Mm -hmm. I've really grown to love meeting new people, hearing their stories, their experiences, learning different things from people based on what they've done before. And I think that a lot of times we can sort of get defined by our mill spouse label a little bit. And I think that it can be stereotyped a little bit as well. I think that sometimes the sort of general public has an image of what that looks like. And the reality is there is no correct image of what that looks like. There's just no way to put us all into any one sort of category. And I've done, I don't know, something like 25, 30 interviews so far. And every story is so different. And I'll even talk to the same, somebody who, you know, in theory has a very similar journey. You know, they're both strike eagle spouses who've been in for, you know, 12 to 15 years and they have both have kids, you know, whatever, like on paper, Mm -hmm. very similar and just get completely different interviews because the personalities are so different. The individual experiences are so different. The perspectives are different. And so this, this started as kind of just a fun little thing. I thought I might chat to some of my friends who are just awesome. And I was like, Hey, even if it's just us listening, my friends are cool. They're, they're interesting. This will be fun. I I (laughs) love the excuse to sit down and chat with them for an hour. And it's just sort of snowballed into this really cool thing where I've got to talk to lots of new people. I still try to make an effort to feature my friends sometimes too, just because that's always fun to go back to. But it's been a super fun adventure. I've been extremely humbled by it, to be honest with you, humbled by uh, the people who are willing to sit down and chat with me, by the stories themselves, the things that people have overcome or created or worked through has been extremely eye-opening for me. And as someone who tends to have a lot of my own opinions, it's really (laughs) helped me to step back a little bit and recognize that all of these different voices are all completely valid and these experiences are all valid. And and I'm sure a lot of us go our separate ways with totally different worldviews and opinions on things. But for an hour, we tend to have a lot to talk about, you know? And I think that that's what I've learned is that all of us as mill spouses have something that can connect us. We're very different, but we're all, you know, we all have, have something to share, something to offer and and something to learn from each other. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, all military spouses are so unique. Mm -hmm. There's this sort of very tight sort of niched bucket that I think people outside of the military spouse community tries to fit military spouses into. Mm -hmm. And the reality of the situation is it's, it's not a one size fits all description or demographic even. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's just, it's so awesome that you highlight those different stories because I think sometimes too, one thing, and, and also like one of the reasons why I created the podcast is that, you know, it, it helps to hear different stories. It helps to have different perspectives and different angles because something that you're going through another military spouse could be going through and they need that other perspective or they hadn't thought about something in a new way. And it's good to challenge those perspectives and pre- present new perspectives. Cause 
again, every military spouse goes through a different and unique experience. Yes, definitely. I agree. That's what I always say. My goal is that people will listen and either think, wow, me too, or wow, I didn't know that and walk away with, you know, either that feeling of further community or having learned something new. Yeah. And, and I think that's just, that's awesome. Um, so you have talked to quite a handful of military spouses. And I think one of the, the big, my mantra, I guess, of 2021 has been, you are more than just a spouse. I hate the word just. I think it is, again, one of those bucket words that it's meant to encapsulate people into a single filter. Mm-hmm. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit about the different traits that you've seen in military spouses that I think exemplify that more than just. That just word doesn't come close to being able to capture all the things that a military spouse is. Definitely. I think that, like you said, there it's very difficult to put us in any one sort of category. But with that, I think mm-hmm. that one thing that we really tend to emulate, which is interesting because I think we're known, obviously, as spouses, as these dependents. But mm-hmm. I think a word that describes us so well is truly independent because I don't think that there are many other groups with such a high percentage of people who have done so much in a who in a marriage on their own, whether that's mm-hmm. buying a house, you know, raising children for months at a time, creating a company, finding a new job every two years. Like these are things that require an immense amount of independence. And while we're doing so because of this person that we're married to, mm-hmm. we are very unique. And that is, I think, something that goes a long way. Those skills that we develop and and you get I think more and more comfortable in those shoes after a while, but I think just an an independence and that like make it work attitude, the willingness to make the best of whatever the situation is. The reality is a lot of us at one point or another are going to be stationed somewhere we'd rather not be, but Mm -hmm. it's a long life if you, you know, if you sit in that and if you just kind of wallow being somewhere you don't want to be. So I think, you know, making it work and being open and just, ready to, to meet people, to, I, I think it sounds cliche, but you know, it's kind of live your best life, make the best of whatever yeah. you're given, whether that's, it's not always going to be the dream job and the dream location, but that doesn't mean there aren't going to be some, some kind of dream come true experiences at the same time. Yeah. And I love how you kind of had that just juxtaposition of, you know, we are technically dependents. That is something that is on the cards and you see that word all the time or you hear that word all the time. Um, and, but we're really independent. And I think it's good to remind ourselves that the dependent is not a definition mm-hmm. for us. We don't have to be defined by that. I have a very distinct memory of when we went into DEERS, um, which is defense um, eligibility enrollment. And so when you become a military spouse, you have to get a military ID And this ID marks you as a dependent to your sponsor, which is your spouse. And I had to have a full ego check because at the end of our appointment, the Deers personnel told my husband, you now have yourself a dependent. (laughs) And I looked (laughs) and my husband gave me a look too afterwards. (laughs) She's not going to like that. Don't start anything. (laughs) And, you know, we got to the car and I was like, I'm not a dependent. Yeah. I'm an, I have a job and I'm an independent woman. And he was like, it's not, you know, anything about you and your personality. It's just, it's a technicality. It's a, it's a term that's used to, to define your relationship 
to right. me. No, it's and yeah, it's not a fun one. <laughs> when we actually uh, when before my, I think it was like before we got married or near there, my my dad warned my husband because my dad is a former Marine. And when my parents were married, my mom, it's, you know, there's two sides to every story, right? But essentially, she thought she was following a certain rule. They said she wasn't. They like reprimanded her. She yelled back at them. (laughs) At the end of the day, basically, my dad got called into someone's office and was told to control his dependents. And so that's, that was sort of the, the warning, I think, from my husband. So he knew what he was getting into, but it's, it's been okay so far. None of those instances just yet for me. That's good. (laughs) But yeah, I think remind, like remembering and reminding ourselves that we are a whole person Mm -hmm. outside of just being a spouse is, is important. And so you've been a MILSPO or military spouse for seven years. So you've definitely been through multitudes of seasons within military life. So what, in your opinion, is is the hardest season in military life? And, and sort of how have you been able to overcome those those hard seasons? Yeah, I mean, I think I do think that every season has its hard parts and its wonderful parts. I think that the obvious answer and a very true one is the deployment season. That's really, really hard. When mm-hmm. my husband deployed, my kiddos were really small. My youngest was like three months old and it was a very crazy, very sleep deprived time. And so I think to to not say that that was one of the hardest would probably be pretty naive and I'd be looking at it with some rose colored glasses, but it was absolutely when I forged some of the best friendships of my life as well. And it was because like you said, we are, we're an independent crowd and there's a lot of, I can handle it on my own type mentality from myself and a mm-hmm. lot of us. And so the thing about the deployment was it was extremely difficult, but it really sort of like stripped down my, my ego and created a lot of humility and just being okay, asking for help and accepting help and leaning into that. And that was, that was a yeah. huge deal. And that really got me through that season. And, and like you said, people have so many different experiences that I think more often than not, whatever season one of us is going through, someone has been through something similar or can relate or know someone who has it's, you know, they always say it's a small military. There's always somebody who can put you in touch with somebody. (laughs) So I think that a very hard season is definitely just anytime they're gone, anytime your defenses are just sort of down and in my instance, just very, very (laughs) tired, (laughs) exhausted. And yes. (laughs) And I think that the best thing about those hard moments is just recognizing what your resources are, what how deep those friendships really run and just trying to appreciate, if nothing else, the silver linings of those situations because you can't fix it. You can't bring them home, but you could try to figure out how you're going to make the best of it. Yeah, definitely. And I I think that's very true that people may not be going through exactly the same, you know, line for line what you're going through, but a lot of military spouses have been through something so similar. And so leaning in on that, I think is just, it's so helpful and it's almost so comforting at the same time. Yeah. And I think that that was something that was hard for me when I was new in thinking that everyone else like really had it figured out. Like when you start out, Mm -hmm. you feel so unsure of everything. Like there's so much to learn. I mean, obviously from the acronyms to just how to really do a good job in this lifestyle. And I think that there's a reality that I've learned. And again, I'm, I haven't been doing this for 
for 20 years, but in the time I have that everybody's trying to figure something out. Like nobody is probably as confident as you think they are. Nobody knows all the answers. And so when you walk into a room and you walk into a spouse event, whatever, chances are, you know, I'm, I've been doing this long enough and there's still spouse events where I'm like looking around like, oh gosh, who should I talk to? Or I don't know anybody, or I don't want to go to this thing because I don't know anybody here yet. And that happens at every stage. And so I just think like that sucks every time that that happens, you know, it sucks every time you're the new kid, every time you're nervous, but it, it, it doesn't ever stop happening, which is in one way, a pessimistic way to look at it. But at the same time, it's a good reminder that like, even that person over there whose husband's been doing this for 20 years, like they probably feel awkward too, or they're in charge of doing something that they don't know how to do or, you know, whatever, like nobody's Mm -hmm. a pro. Yeah. No one has it a hundred percent figured out. I think if that is the one takeaway I've learned from interviewing Mm -hmm. so many different spouses is no one knows what they're doing. (laughs) Pretty much. We're just figuring it out as we go. Mm -hmm. So in speaking of figuring out as you go, I love to ask everybody this question, but if you were to go back in time to that day that you became a military spouse, what is a piece of advice that you would give younger you? Yeah, that's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, everyone says that they're like, that's a really tough question. It's because I think there's so many things. No, you know, and it's it's true. And it's like, at the same time, and my husband and I talked about this a little bit before too, as much as there's all these different things I would say, and and I will get into those. So I I won't, I won't choose the total cop out here. But at the same time, I also (laughs) don't feel like I would have listened. Like, I know that I would have Mm -hmm. said probably like go to more spouse events, for instance, at the beginning. But I also know like who I was at 22, 23, whatever. And I didn't want to. (laughs) Like I was I was too shy. I was too nervous. I didn't have the the confidence or the comfortability to do it. So I mean, I guess if if I could somehow tell myself, like I guess maybe I wish I had I could say, hey, you're going to meet your best friends at these events. You know, that would that would be helpful. But it's really hard because you just kind of have to like – I don't want to say suffer through it because it's been a really awesome journey. But like the things that I could have used advice on, I think I kind of had to learn the way I did. And like I guess, I guess maybe I wish I could tell myself to – to really be comfortable doing my own thing earlier on. Like I remember, mm-hmm. and I think that this is just, I still love my husband dearly more and more every day, but there is a honeymoon phase where his schedule is all over the place. And I so badly wanted to see him all the time. And so I would, I think not do things for that reason. You know, I'd be like, well, I don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to be home at seven or nine. So I'll get, there at seven and hopefully we can hang out for a few hours and then maybe he's not there till nine, you know, and that kind of thing is like, I totally get myself doing it because like I said, I still love him. I still love hanging out with him and I would always, I'll always pick him first when it comes to who I want to be around. But at the same time, that can start to get really lonely, really frustrating. You can start Mm -hmm. to, I think, resent some of this lifestyle a little bit more when you do that. So I think that fortunately I've always been someone who likes to work and kind of have my own thing. And 
I think that it sort of forced me to not be as much that way, maybe a little bit sooner than like I instinctively wanted to be. Like I might have wanted to be home, but I had to be at work or something because I yeah was choosing to work. But that would be, I think, a big one is of course I'm going to make, you're always going to make time for your spouse. But at the same time, like if there's a group of people getting together who may even maybe I wasn't totally comfortable with yet or didn't know that well, which was always when I would default to like staying home, spending time with him. I think it would just be just do my own thing, like carve my own place because those are always the times when I feel like our marriage is better because I have my stuff. He has his stuff. The time we have together, we really appreciate. Neither of us is feeling like we gave up something else to be together. Like, okay, this, we better really like have a great deep conversation because I didn't go to this coffee or whatever. Um, that I mm-hmm. think it's, it's important to like, like you said, it, it, like we talked about before, as much as we are dependents, like have your own life too, because we are going to keep getting moved to different places. We are going to probably have to change jobs and be the one who, makes the sacrifices for the kids more often than not. And so it's so important to just find your own place, whatever that is. And that can be as simple as like, if you like to read books, like make time, let yourself read a book, you know, like let yourself have your thing that is set aside. That's not just like completely like married to his life and his schedule. And so if it's, if it's that simple, if it's working, if it's friendships, if it's exercise, whatever, like just honoring that, like doing yourself the the favor of having your own thing, something. And then that's something when they're gone, something you can fall back on so that when they are deployed, it's not as gaping a void. Like it's never going to not suck, but it doesn't have to necessarily oh, be yeah. like – now I have nothing, you know, now I have to like find hobbies and find friends and find ways to spend my time. Just. You have distractions. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You have distractions and you have, you have a little bit, like you have your own network of, like I said, whatever it is, friendships and um, hobbies, church, whatever. Like it's just important to, to make the, you know, make each place that you're at, make it your home too. It's going to be somewhere that you probably mm-hmm. end up in spite of yourself, you know, in spite of maybe where you want to be, like you don't get to pick where you are, but it doesn't make it any less your home. And so figure out how to, how to thrive wherever it is in whatever season. Yeah. I think my husband has this, this trait of mine that he lovingly refers to as the puppy dog (laughs) trait, where I think pretty early in our relationship, um, he was overseas and I'd gone to visit him and it was just me during the day alone trying to figure out how to abide my time and him having to go to work. And so he would come home and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like we're going to spend all evening together. This would be great. Like, let me tell you my day, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And just bombarding him and overwhelming him. And now we kind of know each other a little mm-hmm. bit better, but it helps to have my own thing so that I don't, puppy dog him and I don't need to devote all every ounce of my energy to him all the right. time full blast because not a single person can't take a hundred percent of that right. all the time. Yeah. And so having my own life, being independent, having my own hobbies and things that I like to do outside of our, you know, our relationship where it's I can fill my cup 
and be an extrovert and go do things and he can do things and we can come together and spend time together. That's meaningful. Not just like a bombardment of, let me tell you everything that's going on. And cause you're the only person. Right. I hang yeah, out exactly. <laughs> and I think it's almost like it puts these unrealistic expectations on them to like, to deliver that, you know, like you said, when, yeah, when, and that's yeah. why for me, one of the reasons that I, <laughs> I think, I don't know how long it was. It was like a, a month or two after we got married where I was so ready to be like that rock star stay at home wife. And I was like going to be this awesome chef and there was going to be home cooked meals. And I was like ready to like crush that lifestyle. And I was excited about it. And then like, it just did not take very long at all to just learn. That's just not me. Like, that's just not what my strengths mm-hmm. are. There are amazing people who are extremely good at that. And their husbands are very lucky and they probably eat a lot better than mine, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I like to work, you know? And so, and that's my thing. I find that like when I'm yeah. working, like you said, I'm not all up in his business. Cause I was the same. Like he would come home and I'm like, tell me everything you did. Everyone you saw, what did you talk about? Like, what's the gossip? What's going on? You know? And he's such mm-hmm. an all business guy that like he would have, nothing to give me. (laughs) And so then I'm just, you know, and it's a vicious, vicious cycle for sure. And, and so, yeah, I think just finding something that's your own. And I think that that's something that helps my husband too, in a way, because I think it helps him see me being okay, you know, and, and it's like, they know who Mm -hmm. they married. They know who we were when they met us. And I think that when I'm doing my own thing when I'm finding something that I'm passionate about and finding a way to to grow on my own, he can see that this lifestyle isn't making me smaller. You know, it's not impacting me Mm -hmm, in a negative way. And I think that that helps him do better. It helps him feel more energized by what he's doing. And like they know it's a big commitment. They know it's a big ask of us, of their family. And I think that the more, and again, it's not for everybody and that's absolutely fine. And there are plenty of conversations we have where we go over and over, like, is this still for us? Is this, are we still people who are, who are right for this life? And, and thus far, I think a reason that we have been has been the fact that I've been able to find ways to feel like I'm still growing as a person, that I'm not just sort of like Mm-hmm. waiting for his career to be done or waiting for us to kind of be done with like chasing his dream for me to, to find dreams of my own. Yeah. And I think that's just full circle. Like you have to be independent. You have to have your own mm-hmm. story that you're telling. Like don't play a side character. Yeah. Be the main character. It's yeah, exactly. Because like <laughs> at the end of the day, like there's a lot of it that like we're off, we are forced to be the side character, right? Like we don't, We're the side character in deciding like where we live. We're the side character in deciding when our husbands are home. Like there are are, like roles that we just don't get to play. (laughs) And I very much would like to play those roles, but like I don't get to. And so it could get really, really frustrating to always feel that way. And so I think like the ability to like take control of something is really important and really helpful. And I think I, I, would only have been well served to have realized that even sooner. But again, I think it comes with time. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, you sort of settle into that as well as the yes. longer you're in yes. this life. I yeah, think, totally. As well. But I just want to say thank you. I think this has been such a good conversation. It's good to hear 
about other military spouse stories. It's good to hear about other experiences. And so if people want to find the American male spouse, where can they find you? Where can they listen to you? Yeah. Thank you. We are, you can search the American male spouse wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, on and on. Um, And then you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Both of those are just the American male spouse as well. And we do have a website too, that'll link out to our different episodes with little summaries on there too. And that's just the American male spouse.com. That's awesome. So thank you again for coming on today. Again, I think this has just been a really good conversation. I'm excited to just see how this helps my listeners and just kind of keep the conversation going. Um, If you are a listener and you have questions for the American male spouse, or if you just want to connect with them again, you can find them on those listening platforms and their Instagram. You can also email calls marriage at ask.ctmpodcast at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to field questions. Um, you can also follow Call to Marriage on Instagram and Facebook at Call to Marriage. And thank you again so much, Elizabeth. And to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in. And I will talk to everyone later. Bye. <laughs>